Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson, a show that brings you regular interviews, tips and tools for building your business online. Hi, and welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. All of this week's notes and links can be found at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 93. Now, the power of personalization is a game changer for any business. If you've ever wanted to know how to capture zero party data and effectively drive revenue, you're in the right place that's for sure so stay tuned and we'll show you how you can do just that in a simple and affordable way hey there are you a business owner here at orion digital we know firsthand that running an e-commerce business can be really hard work as the online space gets more competitive it is becoming even more challenging to stay ahead of the curve we totally get it so we want to help you succeed by offering a wide range of services from fulfillment, marketing, customer service, and even coaching and consulting, just so that you can do what matters most. Save yourself the time and the money and let us handle the day-to-day tasks. This way, you can run your business without having to worry about the boring stuff. So what do you say? Are we a good fit for each other? Come check us out at oriondigital.com and let us know what you think. Thanks for joining us on the e-commerce podcast. It is great that you are here. It's, it's always great that you turn into the show. Uh, I, I really appreciate you being part of the audience here, uh, part of the e-com podcast family. Uh, it's great. It really is. Now, whether you are just starting out or if, like me, you've been around for a while, the goal of this show is simple. It's to help you grow your e-commerce and digital businesses. And to do that, every week we bring you great show sponsors who are going to help you. But we also want to bring you amazing guests, experts in their own field with their stories and insights and ideas and principles that we can use practically to help us start, adapt and grow online. So today we are talking to Gen. He is the co-founder of Prehook, a leading quiz platform for Shopify merchants. He also hosts the e-commerce marketing podcast, Cart Overflow, where he shares what the best brand operators, agencies, and tech platforms are doing to grow their e-commerce revenues. Gen has been around e-commerce for 10 years, or in fact, more than 10 years, uh, and with the last seven years in e-commerce, or software as a service, as they say. Prior to Prehook, he was part of the founding team uh, and lead marketing at Jungle Scout, the leading software for Amazon sellers. If you've heard of it, I definitely have and have used it in the past. So I was intrigued to talk to this young chap who was part of that whole team. He is a native New Yorker, uh, but these days calls Austin, Texas his home. He'll tell you how he got from A to B. You'll want to know that he lives there with his wife and four-year-old daughter. And when he's not working on pre-hook or podcasting or parenting, uh, you can find him playing basketball. Can't help but think that should have started with a P. But there you go. Uh, Or hosting dinner parties pre-pandemic. There we go. We've got the P in that way. (laughs) So before I totally wreck this intro with uh, unnecessary alliterations, here is my interview. Uh, You're not going to want to miss it. 
Well, again, thank you so much for being with us here on the e-commerce podcast. Great to have you. Whereabouts in the world are you are you dialing in from? Yeah, thanks, Matt, for having me. I'm in Austin, Texas. Central oh, Texas. okay. Central Texas. And I imagine uh, I, as I look out the window now, again, as many a listener will know, I tend to lament uh, about British weather uh, because today is no exception to the standard rule. It is grey and damp and drizzly. Uh, so I'm assuming uh, you have sunshine and rainbows. Uh, that's just how I picture it. Sunshine. <laughs> Sun- sunshine and Texas freedom. <laughs> Texas, yeah, yeah. Are you? Uh, are you? Have you always been a, a Texan, uh, or is, have you sort of been imported in? Uh, yeah, imported in. I, I was born and raised in New York City, and uh, lived on the East Coast for uh, most of my life, and then moved out to California. Uh, ended up in Texas from San Francisco. I was working at Jungle Scout. We were a remote team, and mm-hmm. uh, opened a headquarters in Austin, Texas. So, pretty much moved here, uh, okay. set on scene with my family and uh, we've been here ever since which is like four years and we really okay. love it oh it's, uh, i imagine it's quite different from new york city and from san francisco i'm not i do you know what i mean I, I i just i've never been to austin i've been i've done dallas quite a few times and i in my head I, i'm just like quite different places aren't they new york san francisco totally totally growing up i thought like oh new york is like the pinnacle of the world, the capital, everything revolves around life in New York. Maybe some ways true, but now you know, especially post pandemic or in the pandemic, things are very different. Uh, yeah, a lot of space, and and Austin's a, just a, a great place to raise a family and yeah, quality. Of yeah, no, interesting. We've had, but funny enough, we've had recently quite a few guests on the show from Austin, Texas. So there must be something about about Austin and e-commerce. Do you guys? Do, I've never really asked this. Do you guys have like a digital hub there where they're sort of they're encouraging? Uh, businesses online to sort of thrive that's a good question uh i don't think so i mean there there are definitely like some co-working spaces that are like the epicenter of a lot of like stuff but in general Mm -hmm. just like the tech and and the companies that are moving here the opportunities uh like tesla's right down the block for me and right apple samsung amazon google facebook they're all here uh, and opening up and growing so a lot of opportunities i think it's like 200 people moving here a day oh wow yeah so they're bringing in a lot of talent. Sitting income tax, so that's a big financial incentive. There's okay. Wow, that's always nice uh, yeah. when you pay less tax. Uh, yes, absolutely, absolutely. So again, your specialty, um, as we talked about on the uh, pre-call, was something which uh, you call. Well, you said you're talking a lot about this idea of zero-party data at the moment, and um, your company specializes in creating. Um, if make sure I've got this right, and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but you you specialize in doing sort of quizzes, don't you, on e-commerce sites, um, and you use sort of quizzes or questions to help direct buyers uh, to making quicker, easier, better decisions. Is that a fair summary? Totally. Yeah. It's uh, so I, I'm a co-founder of Prehook, which is a quiz platform for Shopify merchants. Uh, basically, we help merchants learn more about their customers. So uh, ask a few questions capture a a lead, whether that's email, SMS, even a crypto wallet address, if you want to airdrop something, and then recommend a product. So the Mm -hmm. goal is to improve conversion rate by simplifying the buying process. Uh, This is especially helpful if people don't necessarily know what they're looking for. So in some ways simulates what an in-person sales associate would do, where you have a conversation, Mm -hmm. learn what your goals, challenges, interests, preferences are. Then from there, you're you're accelerating less growth by, you know, 
whatever the offer is, like how can we send you more information about this? And the third pillar, which I think is maybe even the most important at this point is capturing, yeah, zero party data, as you mentioned, which is data that a customer willingly and proactively shares with you, with you being the merchant. So this differs from first party data, which is data that you're tracking as a merchant passively. So this could be mm. stuff like what items were purchased or uh, how much a, a customer has spent or maybe where they live based on the billing zip zip code or the shipping zip code. Uh, mm. But th there's a lot of assumptions baked in there if you're going to assume that, say, Matt lives in England and therefore you know, has these things of gray weather and, and other things. Mm -hmm. But if you ask Matt, like, what are you looking for? Or maybe what your ideal is, or, you know, questions specific to the brand, then you're actually able to understand what they're looking for. And then therefore position your product and your brand specific to Matt's interests, and Matt's needs. So ultimately it helps improve positioning and mm -hmm. uh, marketing after their on-site experience with a quiz. No, that's great. And I, I thank you for defining what zero party data means uh, and f first party data. And I, I like that because you're right. I think as e-commerce businesses, we've over the years, we've relied heavily on the data which we gather, like, you know, how often you buy, when you buy, what time of day, where whereabouts are you from? What sort of products do you look at? This is all data that we gather based on what your actions are. And it's rarely based on questions that we ask you. Um, and and so um, if I'm hearing you right, one of the, the dangers then is the assumptions that we make based on the data that we collect. And we think it's data driven, but actually it's assumptions based on data as opposed to being necessarily clear cut data. Uh, and so I can see how that leads to confusion. Um, I, we've recently re uh, done a podcast with a guy called Valentin. Um, and Valentin was telling oh, a story. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know Valentin? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, such a cool guy. He was telling us a story about how um, a company uh, that sold blankets, he was talking about heavyweight blankets, and they were selling them with what he called the cuddle factor in all their images. Do you know what I mean? That sort of cozy kind of feel. Um, but it wasn't until they actually asked their customers that they found out that a lot of people were buying them because they couldn't sleep at night and these blankets helped them sleep. It was nothing to do with cuddle factors and being cozy. It was quite a real life problem that they had. Um, but they didn't understand that until they actually started to ask the customers the, the questions, which I thought was fascinating. Um, so is that the kind of thing that you're talking about? It's that kind of, listen, you've got to, you've got to ask some of the customers some real questions to actually understand what's really going on here. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's about understanding yeah, what problem you're solving. And so Seth Godin has a great quote in uh, This is Marketing, his book, uh, maybe like from a few years ago, that marketing is a selfless act of helping others achieve who they want to become. So yeah. we as a customer have this aspirational end point of what we want to be. And then we have this current state of where we are. And then there's the, the difference, the delta between mm. the two. And if we understand where we currently are as a customer and where they want to go, so point A, point B, then you can effectively bridge the gap with your brand and your product. Hey, like, you know, Matt, you are, for whatever problem you're experiencing, we, we will help you get there. So if mm. it's say a product like multivitamin, uh, a multivitamin 
that's a good example just because there are a lot of different use cases or benefits that people are trying to derive from the product, but mm -hmm. you, you don't know what that is until you ask. So if it is uh, fighting an immune system, or if it is mm -hmm. just general health or reducing anxiety or helping with sleep or any of these things, mm -hmm. if you just ask one or two questions, you can far more effectively position your product to solve the problem that the customer is looking for. So um, marketing ultimately is about um, getting the right message in for the right person at the right time. And with a quiz, you're able to kind of like add these data points to help you do that. Yeah. It's interesting because one of the things that, as you're talking about these the, the questions, one of the things that we learned several years ago, that good SEO or good search engine optimization was understanding what questions people were typing into Google and then writing a blog post answering that question and I appreciate that's an oversimplification, but do you know what I mean? It was like they customers had questions and you can answer them. And the more you answer them, the the more uh, the, the better engagement you had with whatever it was that you were selling. Um, but what is how does that then tie in with how you would use a quiz, for example? Um, and and, and I, I asked this slightly uh, tongue in cheek, knowing full well that in England, a quiz is like, um, there's a thing in England called the pub quiz, right? And we go to the pub and basically you'll sit there with your friends and uh, they will ask all kinds of general knowledge questions and you have to write the answers down. That's how we view a quiz. So is that what you're talking about um, when it comes to quizzes for websites as a mechanism for asking these questions? Yes and no. Um, it's yes in the sense that it is asking questions, but not in in it's not like supposed to be an arduous task or something tedious like the whole goal where it becomes effective is that there's an exchange of value in the quiz and i think that's where the, the brands that do the best with quizzes uh get it right and okay. so it, customers today are willing to share data but in exchange there's an expectation that there will be a better shopping experience there will be personalization and that the data is, the, the gathering of the data is transparent. And that's exactly what a quiz is. Uh, so there, there's some interesting stats. Uh, I think it was from Segment, which is a software company, uh, and Accenture, a consulting company. Uh, independently, mm -hmm. they've found that people will have a, a spend more, so improve their or increase their average order value, have more repeat purchases, and ultimately higher lifetime value if there is a personalized experience around the um, their shopping experience. But if you don't get it right, then you will you will kind of like the, the blast email, the one size fits all campaigns, that will mm -hmm. deter customers from shopping with you right. or, or purchasing. So it's really important to narrow what you're what you're saying and to whom you are saying it. And I think mm -hmm. that's that's one of the biggest opportunities in 2022. And uh, and beyond, and where we're trying to help, which is this customer experience gap, that customers are looking for personalized experiences. But the, the challenge and the opportunity is that markets are struggling to do that. And it whether it is about the tooling or whether it's about the data that they have or the know-how of how to actually implement that, mm -hmm. is it, it's not happening. It, it might be like three out of 10 or something are actually executing on the promise of personalization. So the brands that are able to do that can capt 
they capitalize on the higher mm-hmm. AOV, the higher improvement uh, of conversion rate and the higher lifetime value from the personalization. That's really interesting. I like that phrase, the customer experience gap. Uh, I, I think that's an interesting phrase. So I guess in, if I'm if I can just echo back what I've heard, you've got to ask customers questions that they actually want to answer. Um, is, is a I appreciate that might be oversimplifying things, but it, in my head, I get asked a lot of questions, a lot of questions every day, most of which I ignore because I simply don't want to answer them. Um, I don't want to take the time to answer that question. Uh, so I guess with with this whole idea of gathering zero party data, you've got to ask something that people want to answer. They're willing to answer. And to do that, there has to be an exchange of value. Exactly. I'm also um I'm also intrigued uh by what you said about how that obviously can increase average order value and average order frequency, which has an impact on your lifetime value. I get that. Um what was fascinating to me was actually if you get it wrong, it has a detrimental effect on sales. So it's almost better not to ask those questions if you're going to ask the wrong questions. Have I un- understood that right? Well, not that asking the wrong questions necessarily would do that, but if you're not if you're not providing a good customer experience, essentially, mm-hmm. and so that under that umbrella of bad customer experience would just be like um, uh, irrelevant experience or irrelevant messaging irrelevant offers um Mm. just something that's misaligned with what i'm looking for as a customer so um you know up until this point brands have uh relied dtc brands have relied heavily on advertising as a platform because there was this rich repository of data that say uh facebook or, or google would have and so you can create campaigns and with finely targeted campaigns so that you you understand who you're reaching. Well, now that we have iOS 14.5, which removes the um, the access to data. And, and so you've seen that with Facebook and you know they're, they're plummeting in value because brands can no longer rely on ads as a reliable and profitable channel. Uh, same with third-party cookies. So third-party cookies are going to be deprecated in, in 2023. So mm-hmm. these, these platforms that track customer data are no longer available it's incumbent on brands to build that relationship to capture that data themselves. And I think that that is becoming a uh, a defensive moat and a competitive advantage for those brands that have it. And once you do have it, then you can uh, create campaigns, you can create tighter segmentation to improve the relevance and the timeliness of uh, who you're sending and what messages and, and offers you're sending. Great. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sold. I'm in, right? I I, I think I, you know, it, and it makes a lot of sense. And you're right; it's getting harder and harder to track data, and so you've got to go and find that information out yourself. So, um, before we get into the how of you how you do that, because uh, obviously that's the, the 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 big question people have in, in now is like, this is great, but where do I start and how do I get going with this whole thing? Um, what was your journey to get you to this place to being um, I guess uh, you mentioned something earlier about Jungle Scout taking you from uh, San Francisco to Austin. You've been there about four years, and now you've got this company, um, uh, Webhooks, where you're uh, prehook. Yeah, sorry, prehooks, uh, where you're you're helping customers with these sort of quizzes. How did you get from from b- between those two things? What led you on that journey to where you are now? I'm intrigued. Yeah, totally. So 
Yeah, it was, uh, I joined Jungle Scout in the fall of 2015. At that point, it was a, it was a Chrome extension soon to launch the web app. And, and just to clarify, Jungle Scout is an Amazon product research tool, mm-hmm. the leading tool for Amazon sellers to find products to launch and understand uh, their inventory and manage their sales and, and essentially growth. Um, and uh, so as part of the, the founding team, led the marketing um, from, took it from the founder and CEO, Greg Mercer. Uh, and then part of that founding team that started building the initial web app well, were uh, what are now my two co-founders, uh, As and Diedrich. So um, we've been working together for a long time. Um, we both left a um, few years ago and realized that for Amazon merchants or Amazon sellers, they didn't necessarily need to, um, they had a different marketing strategy and a lot of it was based on SEO that you know you have like one widget and you are ultimately trying to uh, rank as high as possible for a basket of search queries or keywords. Mm. So it, it was focused on creating the, the right listing because you kind of had an idea of uh, who would be buying it and why. Mm-hmm. Shopify merchants or um, brands that have their own traffic, drive their own traffic, have a different challenge, which is to understand what problem they're solving for, understand what their shoppers are looking for so that you can solve that problem and sell your widget. And so we, we did a, a little bit of research because at the time, and this is maybe 2020, early 2020, merchants um, were maybe using Typeform to solve that problem upfront, maybe ask a few questions and then, um, but Typeform did have its limitations, we found out based on uh, how it could integrate with Shopify, how it integrated with other uh, key tools in the tech stack that merchants use. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we thought that there was um, an opportunity to improve that for merchants so that they could directly integrate with Shopify, recommend products directly where after the quiz, they could add to cart, checkout, mm-hmm. and and the conversion process would be far easier. Um, so yeah, we, we started building it maybe uh, for 10 months or a year. Uh, and then launched in early 2021. So uh, at that point, you know, in that span of time, there had been the iOS changes. There had been, uh, you know, like cost per clicks have been rising for mm-hmm. ad platforms. The con- ultimately, um, acquisition costs were increasing, and so there was a, a greater urgency and need for brands to to capture the data to to build a direct relationship and ultimately own the customer relationship as opposed to uh, using ad platforms, which aren't owned. You're, you're basically like buying access to it from these mm-hmm. monoliths. That's wonderful. It's, it's a fascinating journey that you've taken. And and and, and honestly, I, it just leads me to ask quite a lot of questions, yeah. uh, which we are going to get into in part two of my conversation uh, with Gen here. So don't go anywhere as we're just going to listen to some messages from this week's show sponsors. Did you know that nutrition is one of the keys to maintaining the energy you need to drive your business forward? Vegetology creates incredible unique supplements in an eco-friendly, ethical and sustainable way. 
that feed your body with the precise nutrients it needs. We're not just making you healthier, we're helping to protect our planet too. Our products are vegan friendly and approved by the Vegan and Vegetarian Society. Plus, they're gluten-free so they fit perfectly into any lifestyle. They also contain no artificial colors or flavors, making them good for your taste buds too. You can feel good about your food choices with our healthy, natural supplements. We have something for everyone, whether you want to boost your immune system or just get more energy every day. And we're always working on new ingredients so that we can provide even better products in the future. So what are you waiting for? Get started now by heading over to vegetology.com. Hey there, are you a business owner? Here at Orion Digital, we know firsthand that running an e-commerce business can be really hard work. As the online space gets more competitive, it is becoming even more challenging to stay ahead of the curve. We totally get it. So we want to help you succeed by offering a wide range of services, from fulfillment, marketing, customer service, and even coaching and consulting, just so that you can do what matters most. Save yourself the time and the money and let us handle the day-to-day -day tasks. This way, you can run your business without having to worry about the boring stuff. So what do you say? Are we a good fit for each other? Come check us out at oriondigital.com and let us know what you think. So here I am back again with Gen, carrying on our conversation. So listen, uh, the um, you, you sort of you've gone from Jungle Scout. You've you've set up your own business, uh, uh, helping people, and mainly Shopify sites with your platform, right? And um, I guess that let's let's maybe start with some of the the, the, the big questions. Like um, I have a an e-commerce website. We have let's say. You know, we're a reasonable size, couple of million turning over. How often should I be asking customers questions? Like every time they come to the site or or just once and that's it? Is there is there some place that I need to think about when it comes to starting in terms of the quantity of, of times I ask questions? Uh, by quantity, do you mean like where the the quiz should be, like where the call to action to take a quiz should be? Yeah, like, um, do do you survey uh, customers every time they come to the site, for example, or or not? Oh yeah, well, ideally not. I I, I think, um, and that that kind of goes to the personalization. Like, uh, you know, like one of my pet peeves is, you know, register for a webinar, but I get an email and and they're asking me for to register, but they already have my email, so why are they asking me to like opt in again? Yeah, yeah. You know? So it's yeah. like, if you can show that you you are building upon the existing knowledge of the customer that you have great and and so i think we're starting to see some some brands that are doing really cool things with on-site personalization so um yeah ideally you're not uh bombarding them with uh you know take the quiz or or opt-in or you know some of these these like uh, intrusive pop-ups uh, but where where can you take the quiz and how often should somebody mm. take a quiz? Well, um, I guess it depends on the brand. Like, for example, some of these subscription e-commerce brands, um, Stitch Fix or Wink or um, Scentbird, these are all subscription e-commerce as in uh, mm. every month you're getting a, a package sent to you. Those 
experiences have to have a quiz. And, and so they have an onboarding quiz. Reason being is it's so important for them to understand what the, the preferences, what ultimately what the customer is looking to receive on a regular basis so that they can be satisfied with every purchase that's or every sure. box that's sent to them. The more data that they have, the better they can do to fulfill those needs. And ultimately, you know, it's very interesting. Stitch Fix has become a, a data science platform in a sense that their, you know, their quiz has like maybe 70 something questions, kind of quick Tinder wow. style, you know, like or don't like thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, but they have that on the front end and then on the back end, you know, what did you like about your your package? What didn't you? And mm -hmm. so, of course, they're incentivized to send a product because or send boxes that meet as many of my requirements as possible because they get paid or, you know, the more that they send that I buy, the higher my average order value per boxes. Sure. Um, but ultimately, this comes down to churn on a recurring basis for the subscription e-commerce. For some of the brands that are more one-off purchases and don't rely on subscriptions, it, it depends on how important the quiz is to the experience. Uh, one of our uh, one of the companies that is doing really well with a quiz is called Telixir. That's T E E L I X I R, uh, and they're they're like an adaptogen brand, like a, a mushroom uh, tea to solve okay. different problems. The value that they're seeing from the quiz is that people don't necessarily know a lot about uh, adaptogens, so it's an opportunity to educate the customers. Uh, and from there, simplifying the buying process, like um, the, the, they have a wide range of flavors, but a wide range of uh, uh, health problems that they're solving with their product. And so by asking a few questions, they make it very simple to know, okay, so this is the lion's mane tea that I need, or this is the, um, the chaga tea that I need. And here's why. Mm -hmm. uh, so they, they use that on the onset experience. But then, as I was saying, earlier it's about the data that you're using and then how you're you're using it to send more relevant information so they they use it very effectively with Clavio to create segments based on hey this is like the health problem i'm solving or this is uh my goal with um with buying this product and then creating these these flows or these automations in Clavio that address specifically what I'm looking for. And so by increasing the relevancy, uh, it, light bulb moments can go off at a higher yeah. frequency, right? Great. I, so I, I, bringing this back a little bit then to education, so I can use the quiz idea to, I, I get when it comes to a subscription model, I suppose the, the one that I think about, the most recent one that I did personally was I was on a, a site which did bespoke uh, vitamins they made and so they asked you a bunch of questions and then they gave you a bespoke prescription every month um, and that's kind of a quiz and i get that with uh the subscription which leads to the stuff you get every month being the right stuff that you want um and i i get how it works with the uh, they just call them t here is that right the the, yeah, the company that t elixir so um what about um what about using it uh, just drawing on something that you said, which intrigued me, could you use it for education? So let's for say, for example, um, I don't have that many products. Um, so I don't, I don't necessarily need to give you a quiz to, to narrow down because I've got one or two products. You either buy them or you don't. Right. Um, but could you then use the quiz 
idea to find out where you need to educate the customer just in you know how your products work maybe or the benefits of your or whatever it is you know um i guess i'm thinking uh let's give an example let's say i just manufacture um a hand plane for woodworking you know it's a, it's just a manual product, and that's all i manufacture um could i use quizzes then to help me understand this customer understands how to use a hand plane this one doesn't this one knows how to sharpen it this one doesn't do you know what i mean and all those sort of ideas which i can then integrate with systems like clavio to send them email sequences to onboard them well have you does that make sense yeah yeah, yeah it totally does and uh what popped into my mind is it was a harvard professor and i think his name is theodore levitt an old marketing professor and his his uh phrase which has become a marketing adage is people don't buy a drill they buy the hole as in it's not the features it's the benefits and that's very Mm -hmm. similar to what you're talking about like yeah sure it's a hand plane but what are you going to be doing with a hand plane you don't know if you're in a vacuum but you do know if you yeah like you say current experience or potential use case or yeah like willingness to pay as in like price range Mm. or you know like preferences um, these are all things that would definitely help to um, to create more effective messaging uh, in the on-site. So like merchandising it, hey, this is why this hand plane is mm-hmm. ideal for you. Um, and, but then also, so you can, then you get into your marketing and your copywriting where you're walking them through, say like, here's, let me grab your attention with this hand plane. Here's, here's a little bit more, you know, you can prod them maybe for following the, ADA framework, attention, interest, desire. uh, Action. Yeah, thank you. Um, (laughs) And then, yeah, so so you're you're kind of like walking them through that, but you you have more detail to what they're looking for. Um, Mm. An example with few SKUs, but where merchandising is really important is say a mattress. So a mattress is high average order value, say $1,000 or more. And it's, it's not something that you purchase a lot. Um, and it's also in some ways a commodity, right? Because like, mm-hmm. who knows the difference between a, a tuft and needle mattress versus a Casper mattress. Um, one brand that I think, like one of my favorite quizzes is by a brand called Helix Sleep. So at, the, okay. the, at their hero image, they have a, you know, take a sleep quiz. And it starts with basic information. How many people are going to be using bed? Maybe say one or two. Uh, what are these people like in, in terms of gender, weight, height? Um, so that's like, okay, that, that makes it easy in terms of sizing. Then we get into what their preferences are. Do they like uh, a hard, soft, medium feel? Then uh, where are their pains? Is it like um, back pain, neck pain, no pain? Uh, that, that helps understand like which mattress is the best. Uh, and then sleep position, side, back, front. Um, and mm-hmm. so they, they go through the, the quiz. It's, I think, five questions. Ask for an email. And then exactly after the taking the quiz, opting in with an email, you're taking to a landing page specific for the recommended product, why it is the right product for you, why Helix has decided to recommend that for you. And it's incorporating the quiz responses that you just gave. And then their subsequent email um, sequence is addressing those needs. And mm-hmm. that's really important because if you think about it, uh, like an thousand uh, dollar mattress. I obviously don't know the numbers, but I imagine it's not a super high 
conversion rate on a first time visit. Maybe a, a more of the sales are attributed to email or SMS or um, some of the subsequent messaging. And mm. that messaging is, is far more powerful with these data points that they gather in the quiz. So that, that's an yeah. example. It's, it's maybe similar to a hand plane in that it, it, it's kind of a simple thing, but it can be uh, far more elaborate of a marketing and, and effective of a marketing campaign uh, with these data points gathered in the quiz. I tell you where I saw a phenomenal example of what you just talked about again, and it's the idea that sort of, um, or the example that came to mind as you were talking. I remember once I went into the Apple store here in Liverpool and I, I remember standing there sort of, I like to do it every now and again, just go and watch how Apple do things. Love them or hate them. And at the moment I hate them. Um, tomorrow I might love them, but I won't go into the reasons why I hate them. Uh, I have my issues. Um, but I, I, you kind of go into the Apple store and uh, I remember watching a chap walk into the store. He was an elderly gentleman um, and the the, the the sort of the, the chief welcomer, I don't know what they call him, but the person that says hello when you walk through the door said to him, hey, why are you here today? That was the first question. Uh, and he said, oh, I think I'll, I want to get one of those iPad things. And so he was like, okay, let me point you in the direction of, I don't know, Tom. Tom over here, he's our iPad expert. He can help you. Uh, so question number one was asked and answered and they were pointed in the right direction. Tom then says, I hear you want an iPad. And the guy goes, yes. And um, I was very intrigued by the question Tom would ask next. And Tom said to him, he said, well, can I ask, why, why do you want an iPad? What, what will you use it for? Question number two. And so the chap then says, well, I think you can do something, can't you, where I can, I can call my grandkids, but I can see them. Uh, and he was talking about FaceTime, right? Uh, and so Tom uh, just went, yes, we have something that can do that. We actually call it FaceTime, but don't worry about that for now. Let me show you how it works. And so just stands there for five minutes demonstrating how FaceTime works. And he says, I'll tell you what, you wait here. I'm going to go to the other side of the store with a different iPad. I'm going to call you. you and this is just to show you how easy it is. You click the button, we'll have a conversation, and then you can call me if you like. And this old fella's going, brilliant, that's great. And so they do this call. This whole simulation takes like, I don't know, three or four minutes. You know, it's not a long time that they do this. And so uh, the, the, the chap that walked in was, he, he was like, great, where do I sign? This is exactly what I want. And Tom, the Apple guy, never talked to him once about the RAM, the memory, the size, the color. He didn't talk to him about all the other stuff you can do with the iPad. He never once mentioned gaming or any of that sort of stuff. He just literally focused in on why he came in. And the chat walked out very happy because he knew what he could do and he knew how to do what he needed to do. Uh, and I and they did that just with two questions. And I thought it was incredibly, incredibly powerful, actually, uh, to watch that. And so I've always been intrigued since I, I did see watch that. It's like, how do I how do I replicate that on my website? Right. Totally. Uh, which is what you're talking about. So where do we. um Where's a good place to start with, you know, the sort of the questions that we think customers want to be asked it's like how do we figure what those figure out what those questions are even you know how do we know what to ask yeah that, that's a good question so uh how did how to know what to ask uh i i think that one good way to start is how you as an as a marketer as an e-commerce marketer like what data are you going to need what like customer questions like uh, 
the, the chap at the, I don't know if I'm using the word chap. Um, what, <laughs> what are they looking for? So mm. like, what, what problem are you trying to solve? Um, then how, how would you uh, speak to different customers in different ways? So that's ultimately like, what data points are you creating segments around? Um, so if you are a fragrance brand, for example, we uh, fragrance brands uh, find a lot of value in quizzes or, or a skincare brand. Is it a, a, a normal uh, skin, dry skin, oily skin, or for fragrance, mm-hmm. like citrus, floral, woodsy? Uh, and so that that might help you understand like what products would be most relevant. And so you create segments in, in your email service provider. Um, then it might be, uh maybe what problem they have um and so that's where like your vitamin brands or or the adaptogen brand um Mm -hmm. might be helpful so you know like what what success looks like to the customer so then you can help paint the picture and and so this could be translated in in multiple ways like say for example if it's like the type of user generated content or customer testimonials or success stories that you want to show because I think that's part of it, um, or maybe it's part. What part of the founder story you want to share with them in their in your post quiz or your welcome flow? Um, so I think maybe the, the the problems that you're solving, maybe some of the preferences and interests might be helpful to know. Um, so if it's clothes, like um, what colors do you like, or, or patterns, or um, we have like a, a ring brand, um, like what setting do you like? Um, so I think maybe thinking through some of these things of like of based on your existing customer base or your experience with speaking with customers or your support tickets. Um, ultimately you're thinking about like from a conversion rate optimization perspective, the, the key to that is just removing objections. So addressing any questions or, or challenges that, that they might have and then um, simplifying the buying process. Uh, and that's exactly like the, the story that you, that's the main takeaway that you just shared from the Apple store. Um, but the, the main caveat, I think, that underlies all of this is that it should be um, as short as possible. And this is, you know, this is a little bit uh, data driven and a little bit just uh, from my personal preference. But um, try and remove as much fluff or irrelevant things as possible because yeah. you don't want to waste somebody's time. Um, and, and every question will have a decrease in completion rate. And ultimately, like most quizzes will have the opt-in at the very end. And then after that, the, the recommended product uh, will come in. And so if you don't get uh, a customer to the finish line there, then you're losing out on a lot of opportunity in terms of list growth or uh, sales. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it does. I mean, one of the things... Um that I think I've been frustrated by in the past is when you've done these quizzes and they've asked you sort of 10, 15 questions. And then it's like, right now, give us your email to get the answer. And you're like, oh, there's that sort of that, that let down. Do you know what I mean? And there then becomes a defiance. And I just go, no, you get, you've taken up this much time and you, you can knickers because I'm not having, I'm not giving you my email now to get the answer. You should have just given it me straight away or I should have known ahead of time that this is what's going to happen. Um, and so I, I like that. Get rid of the fluff. Uh, keep it as. So, but how do you get to? How do you stop people like me getting annoyed that you've asked for an email, for example? How do you? How? What kind of things can you do there? Yeah. So there, there are 
two things, I think. One is that you create a compelling enough offer that mm-hmm. Matt like wants to have this. And it could be like a personalized assessment or a routine or a recommended product or helping Matt learn more about himself. Because ultimately, as humans, we have this innate curiosity to learn more about ourselves and self-discovery. So if we can create a compelling enough hook, Matt, this is why you should enter your email. Because once you do, we'll send you this information. If it's if it's that valuable, then Matt will have no qualms about sharing an email. So I think mm-hmm. that's one thing. The second thing is you could just simply make it optional. And I think if maybe the first part is done well, as in it's it's valuable enough, then mm-hmm. Matt will want to enter enter it, um, but optional email opt-ins is is always doable, um, both technically, for, you know, in, in Prehook or in any other quiz platform. Um, but I think it, it might be a nice idea to uh, to make it optional. Um, so yeah, th- those are two ways. And then I think if you have an alignment, and this gets to kind of some of the advertising principles of having the the um, the hook in your ad. Mm-hmm. And then the landing page be aligned. So if you have this continuous understanding of like the customer knows what they're getting into, knows what they're going to get out of it at the end of the experience, um, then a asking for an opt-in, uh, if it's, I think if it's positioned well, isn't as jarring of an experience and isn't like, hey, I just spent five minutes doing this stuff and like it, it there's, I I cannot get to the very end without this mm. thing that I don't want to do. So um, if you can create a, a compelling hook at the beginning, maybe that would lower the barrier to getting an email. Yeah, that's very good. That's very, And I appreciate not everybody is an awkward so-and-so like me, but you know, I, I just remember recently doing one of those and just being incredibly frustrated by it. One of the things that I'm thinking, you know, when it comes to an e-commerce site, is let's say you've got on the site, I don't know, 400 SKUs, skincare SKUs. You talked about skin. So we've got 400 skincare products on our site. And you can use a quiz to help create, uh, for want of a better expression, a prescription for your customer. You know, these are based on the answers you've given. These are the recommended products. Um, in some respects, uh, customers can achieve the same outcome by using the filters, as long as your filters are good on the website right you can filter things down to find the information that you want Um, and i'm thinking also when it comes to education actually a lot of the questions that customers have like you know the elderly gentleman that went to the apple store that could already be a blog post or video which is on your website where you're answering that question and again using search or filters people could go and find that and i'm as you're talking, I'm, I'm seeing the sort of the quiz section as almost like a really simple but advanced kind of search function. You're, you're making it so people don't have to use filters. You're just, you're tailoring stuff for them based on answers. But it feels like if it's done well, it's like it's going to be a better customer experience than the customer having to sort of go through various filters. Would that be, would that be right? Yeah, I, I think that that's, that is exactly right. Um, because sometimes the customers don't know what they don't know, but if you can prompt them, then it can be mm. easier. And and so one example might be coffee or wine. Like if, if it were a filter, like it might be, do you like uh, tannins or no tannins? Do you like mm. uh, 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 oaked Chardonnay or not? I don't I don't know. 
but you can also ask do you like chocolate or do you like coffee or do you like cherry do you like uh, mm. you know like vanilla these are all questions that are kind of like proxies they make it more accessible for me as a customer because mm. like I, I might not have the expertise to know exactly the, the type of flavor profile of coffee or wine that I like but I do know the the simpler things of the fruits or the the sweets that I like and so that's one way like it's it's um easier to create the filters of course i guess you could have the filters based on uh uh, fruit types or flavors but um the quiz also is supposed to be a fun and engaging experience and so Mm -hmm. i think that's like key here um and so wink or first leaf some of these wine quizzes uh do a nice job of that and and i Mm -hmm. think ultimately it just makes it more accessible in the same way as sommelier would do it if you're at a fancy restaurant and they mm. kind of like mm. ask you some of these things so it's about simplifying the customer experience to get them to their end ideal end goal yeah and getting them there quicker isn't it totally. and it's and in a, in a in a much nicer way and coming back to your phrase earlier the customer experience gap um i think there's a reason why apple has somebody stand on the door and say why why are you here today or how can i help you um, rather than just having eight desks, one of which says iPad, one of which says iPhone, and you could, I guess, walk into the into the store, you could self filter. Oh, I want iPad, so I'm going to go stand over there and see what happens. Do you know what I mean? There's a there's a reason they've created that experience of someone asking you that question, and and yes, you can have filters, and yes, you can have search functions on your website, but it it comes down to the experience. And I and the other thing that i'm thinking here the sort of psychological principle and i'm, I'm definitely not a psychologist again I, I i don't know about you but i'm it's way above my pay grade um i always understood that if you ask somebody a question they always answer it and um, even if it's never verbalized they always answer it in their head even if it's a yes or a no and it's like um is it raining where you are well instantly subconsciously you have answered that question do you know what I mean that I have just gone and asked you? And so the power of using questions, um, I see how it can give a better experience, but I, I see how it increases engagement as well, because you're actually um, engaging the visitor to the website. You're getting their brain involved with what you're doing, even on a subconscious level. I mean, is that is that how you would sort of um what's the word i'm looking for is that how uh you would maybe lay out some of these questions you know almost that kind of what are the default questions i need them the customers to answer they're going to enhance their experience almost like the guy that stands at the front of the apple store asking the obvious thing yeah that that's exactly right and and in digital marketing you might call it like a micro conversion or a micro commitment and so Mm -hmm. you want to like start with a small easy asks so a lot of the quizzes for example might say like Hey, what's your name? And and you'd add like Matt or Gen. Um, and so that's an, that's an easy one, and it's not a, not intrusive. Uh, the flip side would be like, Hey, what's your email? And all of a sudden you're like put on the defensive because that is a, a far mm-hmm. more intrusive and personal ask. Um, and and side note, the the what's your name is just um, it's a little bit of a Trojan horse because it's it's an easy question to ask, but also it's incredibly valuable because then you know the first name as opposed to, you know, in your custom mm-hmm. property in Clavio, you'd have like nothing. And then you'd just be, um, you, you can use a first name both in your emails and SMS, but also in the quiz with a feature called recall where you could use other, so you could use, you know, their first name, Matt, in any other yeah. questions. Um, but 
yeah, so I think starting small with easier questions, you can build up um, and, and build up trust. You can build up the comfort of the customer asking or answering these questions is important. Um, so that's almost like a just a digital marketing principle of like slowly mm -hmm. working towards the micro conversions. And if you zoom out, that's just like, you know, asking for an email address is far easier than asking for a sale upfront mm -hmm. because then you have time to work towards the sale by laying out your your story and laying out the benefits and laying out the features and um, how how customers have found success with it. Um, and then the other thing that I wanted to mention, which you touched on, is education and uh, the buyer psychology. Uh, so Robert Cialdini, for example, who wrote Influence, um, mm -hmm. one of like the Great book. seminal yep. marketing books of how how to influence customers and, and move towards a sale. Uh, one of the, the key pillars is authority and expertise. So, mm -hmm. and you establish that by educating customers. Um, but exactly, if we go back to uh, staying in an Apple store, the, the old guy didn't want to be educated on RAM or the screen type or size. They just want to be educated on one particular thing. And by doing that and laying out all of the minutia related to that of how to like set up the FaceTime and how it works and whatever, all of a sudden, like, yeah, that that salesperson is an expert, and that can that expert can be trusted, and that's somebody who I want to associate with and buy from. So, um, if you're able to ask these questions, know how you can educate the customer and how you can establish your brand as an authority in the space, then you're far more likely to create a path for your your own brand to have have this influence built um, in the customer's mind. And again, this comes down to the quiz and the data that you're gathering in the quiz. That's really, yeah, that's really powerful. I've got this phrase running around in the back of my head, which they, um, uh, which they taught us years ago when we, when, uh, I won't bore you with the details, but we, we've done counseling. Uh, we've done, my wife and I've done marriage counseling with various couples over the years. And um, one of the things that you learn quite early on is the issue is never the issue. But it is a good place to start, right? And um, if you're married, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about when I use sure this do. phrase. It's like, you know, there's an argument which erupts over the fact that the toothpaste is not in the right place. Well, that's that's not the issue really, but it's a good place to start. And I and I like how you can use qu the quiz ideology that you're talking about as a place to start with the issue that the customer thinks they have, but drill down a bit further to find out what the real issue is. Uh, just with some very well crafted questions, which is just going to come from expert uh, expertise, from trial, from error, from just having a go and seeing what happens, and just is a good place. I'm just thinking, like, how do I get started with this? Is it a case of the best thing to do is just call up 20 customers with some questions that you think would work, and just ask them the the questions and see what feedback you get, and then maybe adjust the questions on the fly. Be before you put them on the website or is it a case of actually no there are some pretty standard questions like name and so on and so forth which you can just put straight on the website and then just watch the data point uh, you know watch the interaction the engagement and then adjust it on the fly yeah you know I, I think you don't necessarily need to like jump on the phone with customers I think like that's one of the beauties of a quiz is it's structured data so mm -hmm. you, you can gather the data and it's easy to analyze it's easy to manipulate or, or put in pivot tables 
um, as opposed to say a support ticket or sales call where you kind of have to like write it down and organize it so it's it's clean and easy to understand. Um, so I would recommend maybe you can you can have a hypothesis based on previous experience with customers, mm-hmm. test a quiz, uh, and and so there are different ways to test it whether it's you know a dedicated landing page for paid traffic or if it's in your hero nav or your header nav. Um, get get people to take the quiz, and then you can analyze the data. And so one way, for example, to analyze the data is to create a segment of in, in Google Analytics, those who have taken the quiz and those who have not taken the quiz. Is there a difference in conversion rate? Is there a difference in average order value? Is there a difference in time to purchase? Um, and then maybe you can also dig one level deeper. Uh, based on quiz responses, how are you... Uh, how are you seeing difference in purchase behavior? So if somebody, you know, like silly example might be, or, or like iPad, do um, somebody looking for an iPad um, purchase more more regularly? Or it could be like what path you take them down from the quiz and once you identify that they like the iPad. Uh, so yeah, I, to answer your question, I think you can run a quiz and, and test it almost in real time analyze the data and then maybe iterate from there. Um, mm. And if you if you maybe put a little budget behind it, you can get results pretty quickly. Uh, and mm. then, you know, Prehook, for example, we have a 14-day free trial and, and um, you can see how valuable that is also on the back end of people who have taken the quiz and, and go through a post-quiz automation or flow. Do they do they have a higher conversion rate or a higher mm. um, contribution to revenue? Mm. That's very very helpful, very helpful, very practical advice. Listen again, I'm I'm aware of time and I'm aware that I still have a hundred thousand questions. Um, but uh, where, where do you, if people want to reach out to you, connect with you, find out more about um, your software, your platform, what you do, or even connect with you personally, and maybe you've got a few questions for you. How did, what's the best way for folks to do that? Yeah, totally. Um, so reach out by email, Gen, that's G-E-N, at prehook, P-R-E-H-O-O-K.com. Uh, check everything out on prehook.com. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to uh, to jump on a call or answer questions. Um, we, we do have a free trial, like I mentioned, so it's maybe mm-hmm. at the very least worth just gathering some initial data and seeing, is it valuable or, or like do people who, uh, who take a quiz or are you able to use that data to drive more revenue? And happy to answer any questions or, or um, get people started on the, the journey. But just to go back to the very beginning, I do think that there is a, a huge value and importance, especially from, from what I'm hearing from the merchants that I'm speaking with and working with on them gathering data and and moving away from a reliance on paid ads or uh, what Facebook or Google uh, know about end customers and instead uh, building that repository of customer relationships on their own. Yeah, no, fantastic, and it's, and you're you're totally right. And I apologize, listeners, that I've not got into things like how do you store the data, what's the best way to interpret the data, and all that sort of stuff, which we could uh, spend a lot of time getting into. So do reach out again if you've got any specific questions, but do check out Prehook as well. Now Prehook um, is available for Shopify merchants, but if you're not on Shopify. 
I'm a, I'm a, does it work for those that aren't on Shopify? Is it really if you're, if you're just Shopify uh, only at the moment? For, we only work with Shopify, but there are other quiz platforms if you're on, say, Big Commerce or Magento or WooCommerce or something. Okay. Yeah, great. Fantastic. But check out Prehook um, and uh, there'll be all kinds of information on there which will help you. Again, thank you so much for being with us on today's podcast. Been great to chat to you. I've got 40,000 ideas now floating around in my head uh, and uh, I'll be talking to the team about them tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate your time. Thanks Likewise. for being here with Thanks us. Thanks so much, Matt. So a huge, huge thanks again. What did you think? What did you think to what he had to say? Interesting stuff, eh? Uh, I hope you got a lot out of it. And of course, if you did and you want to recap, you want to go over the notes, the transcripts, the ideas, you want the links, you want to reach out, you can get them for free at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 93. You don't even need an email. So they're all on there for you. Head on over there and grab them next week. Because if this wasn't enough for you, you need more. Next week, we get to talk to the absolutely delightful Lauren Gonzalez. Uh, and she's going to be talking about how to leave uh, your Amazon, uh, how to leave, not your Amazon, unless you own it, unless you're Jeff, how to leave Amazon and set up your own brand. That's right. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Because so many guests come on the show and talk to us about getting onto Amazon. Amazon, Lauren's going to tell us why we need to get off. Here's an excerpt. And it becomes a bit more challenging, especially for those brands that um, you know, they have maybe a lot of products and they, they're trying to see, okay, what's the next level I can get to. So I have found that a way to really, really just take your brand to the next level, see what other possibilities there are in the e-commerce world is to start shifting that focus onto other other platforms like Shopify. That's your own site, getting yourself, and maybe a lot of sellers already do on Amazon have a Shopify site, but they're not utilizing it to the maximum amount that they can or really know what to do or say or, or even what presence to have on social media and how do they use this whole great big thing called the internet. <laughs> Their focus has been so much just Amazon and and there's a whole world out there aside from that. I am looking forward to this one. Lauren is just a delight to talk to, let me tell you, a really wonderful person. Uh, and so do make sure you subscribe uh, to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast from, or if you watch on YouTube or Facebook, make sure you like and subscribe and all of that good stuff uh, to make sure you don't miss out when that episode with Lauren comes live, let me tell you. And back to this week, if you've enjoyed it, I'd appreciate it if you give us a shout out on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from and share it out with the wider world just so we can grow what we're doing here, reach more people. And the more we grow, the more we can bring great content. So win-win. You win, I win, everybody wins. It's an all-round good thing. So please do it. We'd, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, as I said at the start, all of the notes, links, and transcript from today's show are available online. You can grab them for free at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 93. All that's left for me is to say thank you so much for being with us. Really, really appreciate you being here, like I said at the start of the show. Uh, make sure you, like I say, you like and subscribe. Come back next week for my conversation with Lauren. You're not going to want to miss it. Have a fantastic week. Bye for now. You've been listening to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson. Join us next time for more interviews, tips, and tools for building your business online.